folks. Thanks for coming back to Back of the Knife, or Back of a Knife podcast. This is your host, Dustin Joseph. It's been a couple of days since I last spoke to all of you. Uh, got a bunch of responses, great responses, actually. A couple of emails, which is nice. I'll read those in a couple of minutes. And uh, the most kind of page clicks, page views, whatever you want to call it. Jeez, I'm just a chef anyway. <laughs> I don't know much about these things. But uh, once again, this is Dustin Joseph. This is your host of the show. Still working on a guest. Uh, whether even I've got to phone him in through speakerphone, we're doing something. But I'm going to have two two questions to start off with. But I thought I'd, I'd start this whole little thing off with, uh, with a couple of news articles I found. Um, one from Gawker, gawker.com, if you've never heard of that. Check it out. They put on pretty cool things. They do the whole life hacker, um, things of that nature, that same stuff style of things, but they have the seven deadliest drinks, if you ever heard of that, so we got that we're going to talk about, uh, a wonderful article in the Wall Street Journal called Why Do We Love Meat, and uh, the USA Today, and I actually got this from one of my purveyors, uh, FSA, which if you're in Seattle or the area, it's Food Service of America, one of my reps uh, emailed it to me. And it's um, the drought, the drought that's going on, and what it's going to do to the milk and cheese um, uh, costs more than anything. Not just retail, but coming down the pike for our, you know, for restaurants and wholesale and all that. And it's a big, big problem. So we'll just dive into that. So uh, everybody remember, who can? Uh, it's a good time. Christmas. Think back to Christmas. Could be snowy. It could be seventies if you live in Jamaica or anything of that nature. But uh, usually meat prices are pretty high, partially because of the cold, obviously. But it's also because of demand. Well, right now we have a drought going on, and because of the severity of heat and how much food grain costs uh, and, and us not having a surplus of it, uh, cows aren't making as much milk. And in the, you know, we're in Seattle here, but in more of the... The, the central part of the country, that's a really, really, really big deal because if they can't cool the cows down, the cows aren't making milk, the cows aren't eating, they're not doing anything. So kind of expect, I mean, I, they're they're worried about it a lot, it's specifically the corn prices jumping up. So uh, the cow farmers, man, go support your local ones if you can find them. And obviously we preach here, or I preach here, that local and regional and all that is, is a ton, much better than going, you know, Nothing against Safeway, but they do have cheap milk there sometimes. But you got to go and find those local organic farms, and this won't really impact you too much. But if you are shopping at Safeway or Costco or things, expect your milk prices, expect your cheese prices, even beef prices to really kind of go go up a bunch, particularly uh, in that that winter time or in that Christmas time. So we got that. Um, the uh, the great article. It's by Sam Keen, I think his name is. It's in the Wall Street Journals or in the Wall Street Journal, in the life and style section. But uh, the the basic, the, the, I love this this title. Sorry, I'm, I'm reading it and laughing. It says, On the Origin of Homo Grillicus. Why, and maybe this is another rant or whatever you want to call it later on, but why are, why are men the, you have to grill, you don't know anything else. I love it. Um, and I'm sure there's a bunch of women that do it too. So, you know, women and men that you're grilling. Hopefully you're enjoying the grill. I just think it's hilarious that us being in the United States, we always think of grilled something, you know, grilled meat, particularly, you know, 4th of July. 
but uh, it's it's a great article. I would I would definitely highly uh, say you should go read it. But but one of the things in the article it actually talks about how when we were you know Cro-Magnon man, uh, we couldn't actually eat uh, meat or protein in that form because it would actually that that we didn't have the 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 correct chromosome to digest or the gene to digest. Uh, the fat particles that went into our body. So we find all these Cro-Magnon men and fossils and such around, and we we you know carbon date them. And we try and figure out how old they are, and it's truly a lot of one of the reasons that uh, that when you ate meat uh, way 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 back into time, you died of an early early death uh, because you your whole heart and all of your tubings and all of your innards and all that intestines couldn't handle all the fat plaque in it. So it was really it was really interesting, particularly this this human gene called APOE or APOE, I guess so you, you know, it's a small a, small p, small o and a big old e. And uh but it but it mutated it. Not that I can speak. It mutated and it was able to help uh basically digest and get rid of all that. So thank the thank the Cro-Magnon men for 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 dying young, I guess, for for dying young and our genes going, hey, we got to actually survive this uh, this little meteors that we got. Um, and last, actually, I'm going to get to the seven deadliest drinks in a, in a little bit. I want to read you. I want to read you this email that my friend uh, Lee Murphy. He actually he emailed me back or emailed me about the the our podcast. And he said when I was kind of ranting about line cooks, particularly check the last episode. Um, when I was really going on about how they weren't trained, how they're, you know, they're they're just taught to cook things out of a bag, and they're not taught classical, um, you know, how to make a bechamel, how to make any of the mother sauces, things of that nature. He wrote a question. It says, at high end restaurants, I'm thinking Michelin star level. If you haven't checked out Michelin stars, check them out. It's a really awesome guide. Um, it really has a lot to do with like, you know, it was the original true system of rating restaurants and you only get three stars and everybody else started developing the star system. But anyway, as I like to digress, uh, would you agree with the assertion that the determining factor of the overall quality of the restaurant has more to do with the quality of service rather than the quality of food? It just seems to me that with all the truly great restaurants I've been to, while the food has been incredible and he's actually been to a lot. Uh, him and his wife, and in the case of Alinean per se, mind-blowing. Uh, in many, it has been the quality of service and the insane attention the insane attention to detail by the staff that truly distinguishes the best from the rest. I would further suggest that a restaurant with the best food in the world but horrible service would be less desirable than a place with good but not necessarily great food um, but exemplary service. Kind of get more accolades is where he's going with that. Um, and I, I truly couldn't agree more. Uh, and I'm hoping he, he keeps emailing me because he has an awesome opinion about things. But I couldn't agree more. Uh, I've always preached that you have to have incredible service. Um, no matter what. You can have, let's say, mediocre food. But if the service is on point, man, people will come back. They want to be taken care of. They want, you know, that's the, the whole goal. That everyone asks me, what do you do it for? You know, or uh, the favorite question is, what's your favorite cuisine? Or what do you like to cook? And it's not even about that. What it is about is about creating memories or creating that, that stamp of your stamp on a memory. You know, uh, 
and and you can't do that. I mean, I could do that with food, and but but usually I'm serving the food myself, and it's at my house, and and you can see the face to the hands to the ever you know that we put everything on that. But when it's not so intimate in that level, there there comes a time where you have to you know that that the service has to be there, that the guests want to be taken care of, and I would agree with him wholeheartedly that. That, you know, you could have mediocre food, you could have good food, and if you have great food, but if your service is always there and your service is always the, the mainstay of everything, you're, you're, you know, people will come back and people will love your establishment, your business. But you, you have to have those two things going. Like, the, I've been to places that I've, uh, the food's amazing, and sometimes they don't have any service, and sometimes they, I mean... You know, and you don't really want to come back. You don't want to. You don't want to come back to that atmosphere because you you get that impression that you're not being taken care of, or sometimes that uh, you that you're rushed or anything of that, and that can totally ruin your dining experience. In a wonderful segue, uh, one of the gentlemen I'm hoping to have on, we'll call him Brian. Um, we can call him Brian the Server, uh, and he's served with me at, a, at an establishment, or actually at Chambers, where I used to work, where I work. Ugh, used to work. He used to work there, and uh, and he now is uh, kind of taking odd in jobs, but he's worked all over Tacoma, and uh, I think a little in Seattle, but I'm not sure. And he he's got a couple. Of, he he wrote this awesome email I got, but I, there's a couple of things that I wanted to highlight. So this is from Brian the Server, and. Uh, he says, and this is coming from, kind of from the, the server aspects, he says, we seem to train now for quantity, not quality anymore. Remember when I was in, I, I remember when I was early in my serving career, wine was somewhat of a time-consuming thing. These days, nobody is wiser. Everyone is in a hurry, and you better not make them wait for their tartar sauce. Uh, the, I, 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 it's, it scares me, because it's on that same rant, and he actually, he, he says this, and I'll read one more thing of his, but he says this about um, about about having so many issues with serving, you know, and why why he is really attentive to it because he's in the business, you know. Servers are your extension when you're in the kitchen. They're here to make your food look great and take care of the guests. You know, I can't. My food can do only so much. It won't. It won't. You know, it'll satisfy your hunger needs. It'll make you feel great. It'll do all of that, but it. But it won't take care of you. You know, it's not going to fill up your water. It's not going to pull out your chair. It's not going to open and present a wine bottle. And he's saying that that it's hilarious to me or to him that that like the classic art of wine service, because whether it was too slow or it took too long to train someone, that they that you've abandoned it. I mean, that you've abandoned it. And I it 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 frustrates me. Because it's it's that act of service again. It's that act of service. Um, and he touched on this other point, and i got to find it. It's a, um, This is great. It says a, a, another thing that might be rant-worthy, which I'm totally going to go in on this on, on one of these episodes because I'm servers in general drive me nuts when they don't really care. And it says, is, the, is that of entitlement? Servers. Every server I currently screw it ever or every server generally I've worked with seems to think that people come into your restaurant, sit at your table, and put money on the table when you leave. And it better be at least 20%, right? Um, and and I, I I, don't understand that. I don't, like, sorry, I, I feel like I tip really well. And if you're a server and you've been, uh, you've been my server and I haven't tipped you well, 
I'm hoping you didn't do anything wrong, and I'm I'm obviously a little bit of a stickler for it, and I think a lot of my friends are, and particularly a lot of this culture, this foodie culture is. I mean, I ask questions when I when I teach. Uh, a service class that do you think you should get less or more and the majority of people think they should get more because there's more jobs that are needing to be filled and there's more people there's more of a populace there's more supply than there is actual demand but but I don't understand why servers think that they should get 20% like you shouldn't get anything sorry like you 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 are providing a service like I'm I'm a chef I'm a cook I don't get anything from the guests and I'm providing the same service I'm feeding them yeah, I'm, you know, I I don't really understand that where that comes from, and it's always crept up. I think when I first got into the business in 1996, it uh, you it was maybe 12%, 15%, something like that. But I was I, I worked in a great restaurant. I worked at Mud's Restaurant in California, and it's in San Ramon, and it's I think closed down now, unfortunately. But man, the, the service used to make bills every single night, and I was killing myself as as a 16 year old kid. And and I just kept thinking, man, you guys are doing great. And that's what we always heard. Great food, great service. And it was amazing. And I never heard them say, like, oh, a table stiff me or anything like that. Because they cared about their job. And now we have, we have Joe Smo college kid who wants to be a PhD in God knows what. Who might not ever use his degree, his or hers. And... And I don't, and they think that they're entitled to twenty percent because they're going to be a PhD when you're in a you're in a service industry, which might not be a part of what you're going to do. But damn man, when you're in that industry, you need to care about other people, not yourself, not your tip about who you know who you're serving, what you're serving, and and the food that you're serving because that's you have people like me, you have people like Brian the server, you have people like Lee, you know the who's. And maybe he's worked in a restaurant, maybe he hasn't, but he cares a lot about when going to a place, about getting good service. And I'm damn sure that he'll tip that way. And you've seen some of these things where the service has has not been great or it sucked or whatever that is. And they're like, it's hilarious because they become almost national stories because we've we've just bred everyone to to think that, you know, you have to tip 20%. Um, and I I I just don't get it, man. If you don't, if you don't do the job, or if you, if we, if I can tell, or if someone can tell that you don't care and we're just a number to you, then what are you doing it for? Like, what are you doing? Be a busser because that's the that's an easy job. Be a dishwasher because that's an easy job. You know, be a porter. Be anything other than what you're doing because, for God's sakes, care about what you're doing. Care about what you're doing. You know, you're gonna care if you're doing a PhD in in something of that nature. You're gonna care when you're trying to find the cure for cancer. You're gonna care, and that might be a big deal to you. But damn it, table twenty three that's having the the crab Louie. You know, they care that their dressing's on the side, which is all another rant. So please care about what you're doing, servers. Um, to get to the last little news news article. Um, and I, this is going to kind of be the closing of the show. I thought it was great. Uh, Gawker, like I said, they came up with the seven deadliest drinks. And it's more for calorie content than anything. Um, but here we go. We'll go with number one. The mudslide, uh, because A, it has a bunch of uh, grams of fat in it. 32 grams of fat, 755 calories. That seems insane. What's even insane, everybody knows what a mudslide is. It's got the cream, alamin, all that fun stuff to it. Long Island iced tea classic drink for the college kids slash everyone else who'd like to get hammered off of two of these things it actually has 780 calories 
more calories than a mudslide, which is ridiculous to me. So don't be drinking these things. Bacon-infused bourbon, uh, they basically say that it's um, it could be bad. They're not really sure, uh, but they're pretty sure that the that the nitrates in the bacon, which are cancer-causing agents, unfortunately. I know we all love bacon. Technically, the, the, the email or my personal email is Bacon Chef, so, you know, it's bad news for me. Uh, bacon-infused bourbon. Then we got sweetened malt drinks. A lot of these are because they're, they're sugar. They're, they're, you know, and if you don't know about sugar, sugar will actually cause more of a hangover, hangover for you. Uh, sweetened malt drinks, pina colada, eggnog, which kind of sounds funny, moonshine, because the way it's done. Uh, so, so unless you're getting the actual good stuff, the the white lightning, I think it's called now, or, or that's what it used to be called. Uh, so just know, you know, I, I thought this article was very funny because I know a lot of chefs and cooks and a couple of servers that really like these drinks, uh, and and it's just funny what they're putting their bo- into their body. So uh, we got a couple of changes. The last little p- promo and plug. Uh, we're totally on Podbean still now. I just got accepted to, uh, I think it's podcaster.net. And uh, I'm in another another podcast thing, so I'm hoping to get the word out. As always, if you can recommend us, you can find us on iTunes under Back of a Knife. And uh, my name's Dustin. I'm the chef of the show, the host of the show, things of that nature. We're kind of changing some things up. Obviously, if you started this, you heard the music. Um, hopefully I didn't ramble on too much and uh, I hallelujah moving up in the world you can now email me at back of a knife so all one word back of a knife at gmail.com if you have questions or comments or concerns and I totally post this to Facebook and I'm getting all that stuff worked out and I'm sure it'll have its own little Twitter handle if someone hasn't taken it already and I'm working on a website but for right now, I'm, I'm hosting through Podbean, which is awesome. Loving all the views, the clicks. It just makes you know makes me want to talk more, I guess, and hopefully bring in some more guests. So thanks all for listening. This is the fourth episode. I have no idea what we'll call this, but you know we'll just keep call it rambling, I guess, or uh, question reading or news or something of that nature. But thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Once again, this is Dustin. Thanks again. <laughs>